You are now tuned in to episode 58 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch, as always. Matt, how you doing? I am doing great. We you? are doing good. All right. Had a great weekend. We did have Had an awesome a great awesome guest weekend. tonight. Yep, yep. We, uh, me, Matt, my brother, Ramrod, uh, Blair Wilson, we all got up to North. Colton Bus. Colton Bus. How Can't did I forget? forget. How, how did I forget? He's him? young. He's new to the crew, yeah. so. We got up to northeast South Dakota, stayed up on uh, Enemy Swim Lake. We right. fished Wa Bay. We fished Bitter. And, it, you know, it was it, actually yeah. looking back, it was pretty good. It, it yeah. was really good for you. You you know, you caught, you caught some exceptional. It was good for you, though, too. Yeah, I caught my new personal best walleye, which, so, I mean, whatever it is what it is, but, through the yeah. ice. Yeah. yeah. No, it was good. It was a good weekend. We will get to that later mm-hmm. on in the show yeah. after our awesome guest, Bob Downey, a 2020 Bassmaster Elite Series angler, and that was—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm jacked up about this. Right, and not only is he did he qualify for the 2020 Bassmaster Elite Series Trail, he also qualified for the 50th Bassmaster Classic, the Big 50, the Big 50th That's on Lake Gunnersville. Yeah, oh, oh it's going to be the, the crowd is just going to be unreal. I don't think it's crazy if we go. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm packing my bags now. I'm, I'm making arrangements. No, we, uh, yeah, like I said, we got Bob Downey on. Uh, Bob is currently traveling down to Florida. I have no clue where he's at, but I did see on we'll Facebook that, yeah, yeah, we'll ask him. I saw on Facebook he took off sometime this morning. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get over to him. And we're here today with Bob Downey, 2020 Bassmaster Elite Series angler and qualifier for the 50th Bassmaster Classic. Bob, how do those two accolades sound behind your name? They sound pretty good, I think. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah? yeah. Has it has it finally sunk in uh, since last season, or or is it still taking some time to kind of process it? Um, you know it it sunk in, but there's still days where I just sit and think how crazy it, it is that it, it's actually happening, and it's actually I, I guess I've thought more about that as we've gotten closer, and now I'm actually on my way to Florida for the first elite event, so. Um, it's slowly sinking in, but it probably won't fully sink in until, you know, that takeoff on day one for, uh, the first elite event. Right. It'll probably, then it's really go time. Um, but yeah, it's been, been quite the fall since September and, um, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, now like. Do you, do you think it's nice having the at least one elite event in before the Classic gets here so like it's not like the media day of the Classic and like the biggest yeah. stage that there is? At least you kind of have the first tournament under your belt before the Classic or two tournaments before the Classic? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm, I really like how it's set up to be able to kind of get my feet wet a little bit with this top tier of competition that I've never competed at before. So absolutely, it's going to be, I, I hope it's going to be helpful anyways to at least calm the nerves a little bit. But For sure. The classic's the classic, I think, no matter what. Even if you fish a bunch of them, there's probably also, you know, always going to be some nerves there, but it'll definitely help for sure. I believe that. Now, you mentioned you're on your way down to uh, the first tournament on the St. Johns River. Where are you at right now, Bob? I am uh, about an hour from Nashville right now, so I'm going to probably go another hour or so, and then I've got a truck camper 
that I got for this year, and I'll probably just pull into a truck stop and spend the night and then get up in the morning and finish out the drive. Heck yeah. So uh, um, to set the stage, Bob, uh, where did you grow up and how did you first get into fishing? I grew up in Egan, Minnesota, so just south of the Twin Cities area. And really, um, a lot of people in my family fish, so I kind of grew up around it. My uncles, my mom and dad, my grandparents um, kind of grew up in a fishing family. And I probably started fishing when I, before I could remember, but it was probably at our cabin in northern Minnesota. Um, was probably the first time I ever fished up there. And then, um, you know, just kind of slowly progressed over the years and just got more and more into it and really kind of got the bug for bass fishing probably when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old right there. I was kind of going to ask you that, you know, growing up, obviously, uh, in Minnesota. Uh, We're walleye's king. Right. You know, how the heck did you get into bass fishing? Yeah. So, so in Egan, um, there's a lot of ponds around Egan, not necessarily lakes where you can have a bigger motor, but there's a lot of ponds within biking distance of where I grew up. And so I would ride my bike with buddies down to these ponds before I could drive. And that's probably where I started getting the bass bug, um, was in those little lakes and ponds in the Egan area. Um, you know, we just fished from the bank pretty much. And then I got a canoe eventually and we started taking that out on those little lakes. And then as I got into it more, I kind of discovered that the lake that our cabin is on actually is a pretty good bass fishing lake too. So I started fishing for it more and more up there and we had access to, to little, you know, 12 and 14 foot John boats that my grandpa had up there. Um, I think the first time I got to take it out, I was like 12 years old, and I was like, at the time, like the best day of my life, because I kind of <laughs> had free reign of the lake and had this little John boat that I could go around and do whatever I wanted and basically fish bass out of that growing up. So so now, when when was like the defining moment, or when was a, that like moment in time when you were like, man, this I want to do this competitively. Like I want to start fishing tournaments. Yeah, I think as far back as I can remember, I believe it was 2001. Um, it was a must have been Sunday because it was Championship Sunday of the Bassmaster Classic, and Kevin Van Dam won that one down on the Delta. And we were just, it was an afternoon, my dad was grilling, and he turned on the TV, and it was on there. And I kind of um, saw that for the first time. I was like, that's pretty cool. And, so I must have been like, I guess I was probably 13 or 14 at that time. And then I believe it was that summer or the next summer I fished my first junior tournament. It was a Bass Nation affiliated club that my dad drove me to up in Bemidji, Minnesota. And that was kind of my first taste for competition and um, ended up doing well in that event and kind of got the bug after that pretty bad and then you ended up actually fishing collegiately correct yeah yep so i fished um the junior stuff for a couple years and then when i went off to college i fished for the university of iowa go hawks and uh yeah go hawks and 
so that was a really cool deal it's kind of when college fishing was in its infancy a little bit it was just yep. kind of in that major growth mode and now it's blown up into this massive deal which is awesome and um but i kind of got in when it was just getting big and um we traveled kind of all over the central united states anywhere from you know the mississippi river up in minnesota wisconsin down to texas kind of that central part of the u.s and um it was a great learning experience and really taught me how to travel on the road for tournaments and we didn't really do that great initially we did have a few decent finishes along the way um, towards the end of um, i guess our college fishing career me and a buddy of mine we fished most of them together and but what it taught me was how to prepare for different bodies of water outside of your natural lakes then basically and that's all we have up in minnesota so it opened my eyes to that and opened my eyes to kind of being prepared for the travel aspect on the road and having all the right tools and equipment to be able to fix all the issues that are bound to go wrong when you're when you're gone like that so it really prepared me for um, for doing that in the opens last year now uh, here, I, I don't remember how long ago it was. It had to be six or seven years. All of a sudden, Matt here shows up at my house one time and hands me an Iowa fishing team shirt. And today when I was doing a little bit of digging, uh, I saw, I, I pulled up a Google picture of you and, and your partner there with the Iowa fishing team shirts. And, and Matt bought those <laughs> from the Iowa fishing team club. Yep. Really? That's yep. sweet. Way back when. Yeah, that, yeah I've. I was the one who designed those, so I don't know, maybe you bought them from the new guys that were running it at the time, but yeah, that's sweet. I still have mine. It's, um, I got it with me, actually. I consider it kind of to be my lucky shirt. It's all full of holes now, but... And, oh, that's uh, a quality shirt. I still got mine, but it doesn't really fit me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's sweet. That probably helped us uh, with some gas money along the way. Well, yeah. that's why we did it. Well, there was We're a bunch Hawkeye of, fans. And when we started wearing them around town here, like, yeah, there was a, like the DeGroats all bought yeah, a whole bunch of like, them. Like, 10 yeah. or 12 people in town bought them when they yeah, they're like it. they were like the university of iowa has a fishing team it's like a bass fishing team we're like heck yeah they do they're <laughs> like how do we get those shirts so yeah, i hooked them awesome. up that's now, very cool now you would have been going through school right about in the glory days of uh like ricky stanzi and whatnot right did you go to any of the football games oh yeah yep he was a quarterback when i was there yeah and we went to a lot of games um the only reason i really missed the game is if i was I would bow hunt quite a bit in the fall, so yep. I would do that. And then if we were gone for a tournament, but otherwise I went to a lot of Hawkeye games. And it was my senior year when they had that big run where they were undefeated for most of the year. Yeah, like oh, yeah. Um, 10 wins was, or something. Yeah, yeah, yep, that was my senior year. So that was pretty cool. Did you ever get any of those guys out fishing? Um, I'm trying to think. No, we didn't. I knew a few of them just through other friends but no never did go take any of those guys out now you talk about like with the college fishing like you got in you kind of were in it in its infancy when it was first starting and stuff like how is it like looking at it now and just seeing like the opportunities that are out there even like um when we first like when we grew up when we saw bass fishing it was on like you said it was on tv on saturdays or sunday mornings and now, like, just all the content that's on YouTube. I mean, all the information yeah. that's out there is just nuts. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, you know, 
the platform that Bass and FLW have created for that is pretty amazing. Um, you know, when I was in high school, we joke. I would joke with my, one of my aunts would joke about having a high school team, and we just thought it was kind of funny. And now, right, yeah, you got high school teams, you got college teams, um, and those guys are good too. Yeah, um, dang right. You know, I've had a, I've drawn a few of them in the back of my boat for some regional bass nation events in the past, and you know they're extremely talented kids that aren't even twenty years old yet. Um, that you know who knows what level they'll take it to as they continue to get older but it's pretty neat to see i think it's been a really good thing for the industry as a whole um i don't it's still kind of in that phase where i think you know a lot of those kids aren't to that age yet where they're buying a lot of your bigger ticket items like boats and motors but that will come right you know probably the next five ten years i think you're going to see more of that that's going to be really good for the industry so um yeah it's pretty pretty amazing what they've done absolutely now let's fast forward uh, from your college days uh, to last year's open uh tournaments uh, how did you yeah. finally decide that, you know what, I'm, I'm finally going to go for these Opens and, and, you know, fish all four? How, how did you decide to do that? Yeah, so it was, I, I've wanted to fish the open since college. Um, I graduated in 2010. It's been, you know, it had been eight, nine years, and I hadn't even fished one yet. So I basically just fished a bunch of team tournaments around the house in between there and, um, you know, some individual stuff, a lot of Bass Nation stuff through the state of Minnesota, and it kind of got to the point where I was either going to try it or not, um, just based on my career with my job and my age and that sort of thing. I'm 32, so, um, you know, if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it while I was still somewhat young and not fully tied down, um, and so... That was kind of part of it. And then also the schedule, they were going to the Mississippi River out of lacrosse. And I had some experience there, uh, not a ton, but enough just to feel comfortable, enough to feel like I would at least pay the entry fee to, to try it. And so um, with that thought in mind, I figured, you know, why not go do the first one down at Toledo Bend and just see how it goes. And if I bomb, I would. You know, I went through the rest of them, but I'd still fish the Mississippi River event and, you know, see how it goes. And if I liked them enough, maybe I'd fish them all in 2020. Um, little did I know I'd have the year that I had and um, ended up fishing all of them and doing well enough to qualify for the elite. So going into it, I did not expect that or really anticipate that um, at all. It just kind of played out like that it's pretty crazy you 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 ended up fishing all four cashed a check yeah. in all four and ended up winning your last one down in, on uh, grand lake and and punched your ticket to the classic i mean that's pretty spectacular considering i mean that was your first ever i mean you know not yeah. not like you had done just a couple of them you know in in prior years and all right i'm finally going to do it <laughs> your rookie year you you know you knocked it out of the park yeah, it was crazy. I, um, you know, I, it, it was weird how it all came together, and I can't really explain it. Um, you know, I've followed the sport for a long time, especially 
guys trying to qualify through the opens and um i fully expected if i was going to ever make it that it would take you know definitely more than one year for sure and so for things to line up like that is pretty unbelievable and um super thankful and blessed to have it happen and hopefully i can make the most of it absolutely what what now besides the grand lake win obviously being the highlight of your of your year with the opens what was like your second um memorable tournament that you fished in um and i had what was kind of crazy is on day two of all of the opens of the first three of them anyways my i did like marginal on day one and then day two i always came back and moved up the standings and probably the most memorable one would be day two on the mississippi river out of lacrosse i was in i think i was in 97th after day one and basically it kind of killed but i i guess i thought i killed my chances of making the elites and even going to grand lake i figured if i had a marginal day two at the river i never would have gone to grand lake um just because I felt I wouldn't have been in it for the points and it wasn't worth the money to spend to go down there. Had a pretty good day, too, on the river and moved up into check range, and it helped me out in the points big time. And ultimately, it was the reason why I decided to go to Grand because I was sitting in seventh after in the points after the river. So that was a pretty pivotal day um, for me this last year beyond Grand Lake. Right on. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's actually kind of crazy. I I actually met you there. Uh, yeah, you, was, you don't realize this, but you handed your fish to Scott when you walked off the stage both days. Yeah, I, or, I was. I was okay. working. Are both I, days or the first day? Uh, I no. think it was just the second day. Just the second day. Yeah, I, I actually helped at the weigh-ins. Uh, Matt actually fished oh. as a co-angler there, and so okay. I, every day when he would go off and fish, I would watch the blast off, kind of sit around. BS with the boat mechanics, whatever, and and uh, yeah, I, I came back early, and and they're like, hey, you know, whatever, and kind of talking to me, and they're like, you know, hey, you want to volunteer at the weigh-ins? Like, of course I do. So they gave me a free bass hat, and I got to stand up there and and uh, hand people fish. So that was pretty sweet. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's cool. Yep, that's great. So, uh, you know, obviously we can't go through ever, you know, all four tournaments because we'd have you on the phone all night. But uh, take us through that Grand Lake tournament where you actually cracked the win. Uh, you know, did you have good practice on that lake? Did you have any experience on that lake? Yeah, so I'd never been there before. Um, I just kind of done some brief online research to kind of get an idea of the weight on uh, certain general areas that I wanted to focus on. And I kind of settled on like a... Uh, it's probably about a 15 mile stretch of that lake that I really focused on. And I actually did have a good practice, which um, usually doesn't always translate into a good tournament. Right. But, you know, I actually would rather have a marginal practice, but um, the first day I got down there about 11 o'clock is when I got on that pattern the first Saturday before the tournament. I think I had four days of practice. And I, I had like 19 pounds that first day, and I wasn't even really like focusing on an area. I would catch a nice one and I'd run a mile to another area and catch another one and then leave. And it was kind of just a weird, I was 
like shocked by it because I've with everything I had done research-wise, I thought it was going to be a brutally tough event. You know, that late summer period in Oklahoma, in, right before the fall, seems to be a tough time of the year down there from what I've read. It was still pretty tough. I was only getting five to eight keeper bites a day, but they just seemed to be the right ones. Um, so going into the tournament, I expected to have a good first day. Um, you know. In those last few days of practice, I started just not even putting a hook on my plastic that I was throwing and just shaking fish off. So I knew, felt like I could still get some bites and had a good first day. The second day was a big time struggle. I couldn't really get into a good rotation. It seemed like every time I'd move to a different stretch, I'd be behind somebody and um, ended up catching two really big fish key fish in the last 15 minutes on day two um you know five minutes from the boat ramp one was like a three and a half another was a four pounder so that put me into day three and then on day three they cut it to the top i think it's the top 12 or the top yep. 10 yep top 12. Um, 12 top 12 and so that helped calm me down a lot just knowing there'd be a lot less boats out there that day and it really allowed me to slow down and pick the cover apart a lot slower than I had been the first two days because I wasn't feeling like I needed to rush through it to beat someone else to another stretch of bank. Um, so I, I slowed down and I had a pretty good limit by about 9.30. Um, and then in the last half hour, I made like a half pound call. I traded out a two and a half pounder or two pounder for a two and a half pounder and ended up winning by eight ounces so um it was that last call was a big deal right absolutely now do you think your experience up there in minnesota with you know the deep natural lakes and the, and the shallow water of the mississippi do you think that that's helped you you know when you go to these different places you're pretty good at flipping but you know obviously you're not afraid to have a spinning rod in your hand too you know has yeah. that helped you yeah, I would say definitely. The spinning rod came into play. I caught um, not all my fish at Toledo Bend, but I would say a third of them on a spinning rod, which if you think about Toledo Bend, you don't think spinning rod, right. really. Um, so that helped me just scratch out limits up down there. And then Smith Lake, I caught probably 80% of my fish on a spinning rod there. The river, I never, I don't really fish a spinning rod on the river much unless I'm fishing smallmouth, and I wasn't on smallmouth that week. So, um, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, spinning rod helps, and then also having the mix of experience on natural lakes plus the Mississippi River, I think is a big deal, um, especially the river. I've fished that a lot more in the last like eight years. And I didn't grow up fishing it, but I've made it a point to spend more time there and kind of in between my college years and, and this year, last year that I fished the Opens. And that helped me grow as an angler tremendously because you're constantly dealing with changing conditions. And you're able to fish a lot more wood and, and different types of cover than you see in a lot of our natural lakes. So it got me away from just fishing you know, deep weed lines or stationary docks a lot of times that we do on our natural lakes or, or offshore rock 
you're dealing more with current in different kinds of grass and sand drops and all sorts of different things. So the Mississippi River is definitely helped me to be a more rounded angler for sure. What would you say your strength as an angler, as a bass angler is? Like what's your go-to you're most comfortable with? Um, probably exactly what I did at Grand Lake. If I can be flipping and pitching a jig or a Texas rig at isolated targets, that's probably my favorite thing to do. Um, you know, I do fish a lot of offshore stuff on our natural lakes in the summertime, but with a you know, spinning rod, whatever the technique that may be, or Texas rigs or jigs. But um, and I've gotten into throwing more moving baits and winding stuff like swim baits and swim jigs and crank baits in the last few years. But um, if I had to pick one, I'd definitely say pitching a plastic or a jig up shallow. Absolutely. Now, looking forward at this Elite Series, uh, you know, you're you're down in Florida, you know, uh, Lake Fork in Texas, uh, you know, up north, Waddington. What what tournament are you looking forward to the most, would you say? Um, I'd say probably Champlain, just from a familiarity standpoint, from everything I've heard. It sounds like Champlain is a lot like our lakes back home in Minnesota. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting to getting up there. St. Lawrence River should be fun. Um, it's hard to just pick one. They've got a good schedule this year. Yeah, it'll be pretty neat to be on on Lake Fork. Um, just you know, it's one of the most famous fisheries in the United States for bass, so that'll be cool. Um, but I would say probably Champlain would be number. Absolutely. Have you ever caught a double-digit bass? No. Uh-huh. No? Well, nope. you, you might have your chance at Fork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of lakes this year. It's right. early in the right year. Right away, that. yeah. Oh, man. Right. And so, like, sure. now looking at the Elite Series, we're talking about it here. Like, what are you, I don't want to say your goals, but, like, what's probably the thing you're looking forward to the most with the Elite Series? Um, it's kind of a loaded question. I know. I mean, you're just yeah, looking forward to everything. I mean, just the experience of it and all yeah, that. I mean, it is a, I don't know. I hope it's not a once in a lifetime experience in terms of this one year, but I'm trying just to enjoy it. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of work and effort that goes into it and it can be easy to get strung out and stressed about it. And I'm sure there'll be days that'll be harder than others, but I'm trying just to kind of enjoy the journey. Um, and kind of keep that front front of mind because, um, you know, what an opportunity. I mean, so many people would kill to be in my shoes and for whatever reason, you know, I've been chosen to, to do this this year and, so I'm really just trying to enjoy the process and, and enjoy enjoy the adventure. Um, I, I'm looking forward to just getting up and going fishing every day. Like this, <laughs> you know, this journey, you know, trip that I'm on now, I'll, I won't be home till after the classic. So I'll be gone for over a month. And I fully expect outside of a couple of days to probably be on the water every day, which, um, I mean, I can't ask for much more than that 
Right. Yeah, you've got one month here uh, starting starting here in a few days. Uh, you know, February 6th on the St. John's, uh, February 14th at Chickamauga, and uh, March 6th uh, up in uh, Gunnersville for the Classic. So, I mean, you've got a pretty busy next month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, I'm still going to work part-time kind of on the road remotely, so I'll have that um, to take care of here and there. But for the most part, I'll be on the water every day. If you don't mind us asking, what do you, what is your day job? I work for a surety bond company, so we write performance and payment bonds for construction contractors. And um, so I'm working with contractors every day to kind of meet their needs to be able to bid projects. Cool. Very cool. Now, yeah. you know, you hear of a lot of these uh, Elite Series guys and, and all, you know, the big tournament anglers, uh, you know, doing a lot of traveling with each other and whatever, uh, you know, are you uh, are you traveling with anybody else? You know, do you have somebody that you're, you know, potentially going to share information with? Uh, you know, are any of these dudes your friends? You know, obviously, uh, you know, you're not the only guy from Minnesota. Got Austin Felix, and and you got uh, Fighter, and you know, a lot of these other northern guys. Do you know any of yeah. them, or not really? Um, I know Seth. Okay, I wouldn't say I know him real well. I had the opportunity to fish a tournament with him. Um, right before I went to college, like a random draw event, and we got paired up, and it was a team, random team deal, and we won it, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know Austin real well, um, but I mean those guys, those two, I mean they're phenomenal. So I, I hope to get to know them better, but I don't know them real well at this point. Um, and I'm not really traveling with anybody. I got to know um, Caleb Kufal uh, through the Opens last year. He's out of Milwaukee area. He actually won Smith Lake, so he's fishing the Classic too, and then he qualified for the Elites. And we randomly would stay at the same campgrounds at the Opens last year. And so I got to know him a little bit. Um, but no, I'm not really, and I, I might see him occasionally this year, you know, but I'm not really, don't have anyone that I'm sharing information with at this point or really traveling with uh, right now. Right on. You got family that are coming down to the tournament? Uh, my parents are going to be at the Classic, and my girlfriend's going to come down for that too. Um, maybe a few buddies if they decide to come down. And then my girlfriend might come to a few of them. Uh, this summer, depending on what she's got going on, she's a teacher, so oh, perfect. Right. During during the school year is a little more yep. difficult, but um, during the summer she might be able to make it to a couple of them, so that'd be fun. Now, now the real question for you. Now, I don't know if you can let this information out yet or not, but what's your uh, stage song going to be? What's, what's your entrance song when you're coming up onto the <laughs> stage to talk to Mercer? Can you say that yet, or is that yeah, still a secret? Yeah, I can tell you guys. Yeah, so I. That was a hard decision for me. I kind of listened to all sorts of stuff, and I was debating back and forth. But and I, I decided on one that is cool. I don't know if I'm like crazy about it, but it's "Back in Black" by ACDC. Oh yeah. And the reason I picked it is the Hawkeyes came out to that yep. song for every home game. <laughs> Heck yeah. So I thought that'd be kind of cool. That's oh yeah, we can re- we sure. we can respect that. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be it. Now, before we let you go, uh, Bob, you know, obviously, uh, uh, 
doing this uh, professional bass tournaments, uh, you got to have a lot of family behind you. You know, all your friends have got to be behind you. But you also got to get some companies behind you. Uh, you know, yeah. what 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 are some of your sponsors that you're going to be running this year? Yeah, so I've been fortunate to meet some uh, really good people here in the last couple months. Um, my title sponsor is going to be Rapala. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for a more iconic, better company out of the Midwest to, to represent. So I'm super excited about that. Um, St. Croix Rods, I'll be, I've used their rods my entire life, really, and got to know uh, one of the guys over there this last summer, and that kind of fell into place as the Elite Series qualification happened. And really excited about that, too. And All Terrain Tackle is another one that it's really the only sponsor I've had since kind of going back to my high school days. It's the only company I've really worked with or, or um, done anything with. And then I'll have Daiwa Reels and then Basscat and Mercury will be my boat motor. Um, Sims is helping me out. Um, Gateway Bank, which is a local bank in the Twin Cities area, they're also helping me out a little bit. Um, and then I'll have all Johnson Outdoors products, so Talon, Minkota, Hummingbird. So super fortunate to represent companies and products that I believe in and ones that I've actually used for many years even before this point. There's not really any of those brands that I haven't been using for the probably the last five to ten years. So, so I'm pretty lucky to align with companies that I believe in. When a whole bunch of Minnesota-based companies, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, what's cooler than if you if you have an issue to be able to yeah. call someone halfway local to to hash it out? Absolutely, yeah. I was thinking about that too. It's pretty neat. Um, you know, there's very few outside of maybe you know Basscat um, that are in that two-state area. You know, Wisconsin and Minnesota. So um, pretty cool for sure. Very. Well, uh, Bob, we, we thank you for joining us. Uh, we wish you the best of luck this year on the Elite Series. Oh, Matt's you got, got one more. you got to make us a promise that after you win the Classic or any of the tournaments this year, you'll you'll talk to us again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll come on whenever you guys want. <laughs> Perfect. No, yeah, like I said, Bob, uh, thanks for joining us. Good luck this year on the Elite Series, and, and drive safe the rest yeah. of the way down to Florida. Yep. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Thanks. See ya. Yep. Take care. There he goes, Bob Downey, on his way down to Palatka, Florida, yeah. to fish St. John's River. He's getting out of cold weather, heading south. Lucky dog. Yeah. Safe travels to him. Hopefully, he has an awesome tournament down there. I mean, I just can't imagine, like, what's going through a person's head oh, like that. Oh, gosh. I mean, you you got to be nervous. Like, I mean, we are talking. Right. I mean, you know, and, and I don't want to. I don't. I, like you said, I think having fish the opens. I mean, the opens. It, the opens actually are bigger. Like, oh, bigger, like more boats, more all that stuff than what the Elite Series are. Because, I mean, there's like 200 boats. Yeah. And in the Elite Series, there's like. 88. 88, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, like, the pure, you know, just the sheer number of stuff isn't anything that he's not used to but it's just i mean everything that comes with like fishing in a bass tournament like that it's the cameras there's a lot more cameras than at an open 
I mean, Dave Mercer running around, Mark Zona. I mean, now you're looking across, and it's just like, you know, like he said there, like you asked him, like seeing like G-Man, some of these guys that you'd fished against in the opens. Now it's like all these dudes that you've always like seen and right, followed I'll, on well, online or whatever. It's, I mean, th- think about this, Matt. Think about going to the Super Bowl in your rookie year in the NFL. Right. I mean, he's going to go and fish the 50th Bassmaster Classic. Yeah. His rookie year. I'm, I mean, you know, technically his rookie year. Right. I mean, that's just cool. Holy moly. That's just cool. We should have asked him if he had a tiger hawk on his boat somewhere. I bet I, he does. I bet he does. I bet he does. His bet he boat does. wrap is sick. It looks sweet. Holy moly. If, if, if you guys do not follow Bob Downey, Go to Bob Downey Fishing. I'll link it in in on the Facebook post. But for those of you that don't follow us on Facebook and and just subscribe through it, subscribe to us through uh, you know other outlets. Go on Facebook. He, I'm sure he's got an Instagram too. I I should have asked him that. But right. anyways, that's neither here nor there. But go and follow his page. Uh, I mean, it, how cool is it going to be to you know have another couple local guys you know fishing just I mean, anytime we can get these northern guys into the elite series and stuff like that they show out they are freaking hammers man you're dang right we got gussie we got the johnstons we got fighter now um, guess who who else we got right. we got old bob downey that's right what are the, the old saying we say it on here all the time good things happen to good people and he seems like good people i'd say good things are happening to absolutely him. it doesn't Having a year like he had last year, it doesn't happen on accident. No, no. You might get lucky in one tournament. That stuff happens. But to be consistent like that. Right. And then win. Yeah. You you know, the thing about them opens, like like you said, you know, the consistency in the opens. You're fishing against all these local, all these local sticks that, I mean, that's what they do is they fish that body of water. Right. Then you've, I mean, there's plenty of elite series, you know, there's plenty of other professional fishermen fishing on there. And, you know, I mean, to consistently crack a check on every single huh. one. Yeah, you look all the way from Louisiana, Alabama, up here to Wisconsin, and then down to Oklahoma. And you stay consistent the whole time. Right, right. That, whatever. Hopefully, hopefully we can talk about Bob Downey 2020 elites rookie of the year yeah and who knows maybe angler of the year yeah hey yeah any one of those yeah absolutely and and he made a deal with you matt that's right he's gonna come back on after he wins that classic we're getting a hold of him absolutely unless he changes his number on us yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna call you till you answer yeah like exactly like if he doesn't answer on stage with mercer yeah (laughs) we're gonna be watching bass live like all right let's start calling him right now the last i'm gonna have send ready to go no man no we wish him the best of luck bob um hopefully you have an awesome year and just you know yeah get after him yeah represent for the north absolutely Back to ice fishing. Uh, right. A- after a little summertime uh, warm weather fishing, we're going back to the cold weather fishing. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, we got up to northeast South Dakota, uh, fished Enemy Swim, Wabe, Bitter. And, uh, you know, we didn't catch a ton of fish, but the fish we caught were, were quality we're fish. Were quality. And, you know, and you said something the other day, too. Like, after you really sit down and think about it, we did actually catch quite a few fish in all reality oh right right it just doesn't seem like it wasn't like that like fish all the time like oh fish on fish on fish on i mean 
We worked for our fish. Yeah, we we did. And, you know, the the conditions weren't ideal. Uh, You know, for those of you listening up in uh, northeast South Dakota, you understand you know, there, there's some good size drifts out there on, on some of those lakes. And, right. you know, we had the four wheeler and then on top of that, we got six guys yep. and, you know, I mean to move six guys around with one four wheeler, we've all got shacks, whatever, you know, it was a multiple trips deal. It was a lot of walking. It was, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, that, that probably, uh, you know, kind of set us back a little bit, but, you know, really, truly, you know, every day we had a plan, you know, Hey, we're going to go to this lake. We're going to give it to this time. We're going to bounce around here. We're going to go check out this spot. And if we're not catching them, we're going to the next one. Right. And, and, you know, we did do that. Uh, yeah, you know, we only really caught one real quality perch right. and, that, and that was yours, which, you know, ended up being right at a 14 incher, which is pretty freaking incredible. A lot of, you know, we caught a couple other ones, you know, that were in the 10, you know, to 11 range, but none of those real jumbo perch. Like a consistent, yeah. Right, and, and you know, maybe we were just 100 yards off because we could get onto schools a small perch, but we just couldn't ever crack the right. big ones, so, you and, know. And like you said, it was tough being limited with one machine, and, you know, we drilled plenty of holes, and we hopped around from here to there, and we spread out and did all that stuff. We tried to cover ground that way with six guys, but, yeah, it was just... I don't know. I was proud of the way that we, none of us are experienced on those lakes up there. Right. And, you know, we had some, we talked to some fellas that said, you know, maybe in this area and stuff like that. But when you get there, we'd we'd look at our lake maps. You guys all had the Navionics stuff on your phone. And we'd sit there and we kind of studied that. And we, you know, find a piece of structure that we wanted to fish. And we all went and go sit on the same part of the structure. We'd say, okay, you know, we drill out holes here and like this guy would go over to this part, like on an inside turn, this guy would go on the end of the point, you know. We worked as a team. Right. I thought, you know, and you know, kind of talk to each other about that stuff and we we caught fish. Right, right. And you know, I I said I said this on on our way back and obviously you drove separate from us. Uh, we went up a little bit earlier than you, but uh you know, if, if you look at one of the days, say it, say it be Saturday, if if each one of the guys in our group would have potentially caught, you know, two more walleyes and four of those big, you know, big, you know, 13-inch plus perch, you look back at that trip and it's like, whoa, whoa yep. you know, that was a good trip, you know, like whatever. I mean, we I've, I've had those days up on Ponset where you catch literally 70 keeper perch and and you know bonus walleyes all day long or whatever so i mean you know not every trip is gonna be that way but i mean if if, if each of us you know could uh you know walked away with you know two three you know it doesn't need to be a limit you know but you know some quality right. fish you know each of us catch you know a jumbo perch because that's really at the end of the day what you're going up there for yep. you know a nice size walleye and and you want to find them jumbo perch but if each of us could have caught three four of them each of us catch, you know, 18 plus inch walleye, you know, you look back and it's like, God dang it, that was freaking right. awesome. And then we got into some bonus, you know, bonus fish that we didn't expect. You guys got into some white bass and people that don't know, I mean, those things, you guys caught some big white bass. I mean, 17, 18 inch white bass, those things are big and they put up a heck of a fight. Oh, it was. Especially it was on light gear. Yep. And then we got into a good smallmouth pattern. I mean, How crazy was that? It was... It was it was actually kind of cool. It was it was fun to be. God, my thumb missed that. 
my thumb really missed that being inside of a smallmouth's mouth. So you know, granted, like I said, I had caught my personal best walleye through the ice, and 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 granted, it is only twenty inches. Uh, you know, everyone's probably like, really, your your best walleye ever is only twenty inches through the ice. Yeah, it is. And and you know, I've I've spent really truly the last you know, two years actually kind of starting to explore out. But before that, you know, all the ice fishing I did was on West Lake Okoboji catching bluegills or East Lake Okoboji catching yellow bass. And occasionally, you know, you'd catch a 17 inch walleye, you know, whatever, just a fluke deal. But I never really went out and targeted them. You know, most of my, most of my jigging is with an ultralight rod and a small tungsten. And, and, you know, now I'm trying to, you know, explore out and do some different stuff and, and whatever, so, yeah, you know, I mean, the 20-inch walleye, that is my personal best. But I will say I enjoyed catching that smallmouth bass more than those walleyes. Like, I, I don't it know. Was, it was kind of crazy, those smallmouths. Like, when you'd first, like, it was a real weird, it was a smallmouth bite in, through the ice from what I've understood. Theo Tolliver did a, a video on him just the other day on his YouTube channel, and he was talking about how, they just kind of grab it and kind of pull. And I was like, that's exactly, that's exactly how it was. And then when you first hook them, it's weight. And all of a sudden, once you get them about 10 foot up off the bottom, all of a sudden now they start fighting and now all of a sudden it's a drag and it's like, oh, okay. And it, I mean, it was, it was fun fighting them. Right. Now I was in the second group to go over, uh, you know, when we made a big move Sunday morning, we decided we're going to make a big move and, uh, basically went completely almost to the other side of the lake. And, uh, when we got there, I told Eric, you know, I had my Navionics out, and I actually thought you were over on that point. It actually, when we ended up pulling right. up, because I saw the red shack, it was Ramrod. And, yep. you know, I was like, oh, well, whatever, you know, drop me off, drop me off, Eric. So I get off, and, and all of a sudden, you know, Eric's driving away, because he ended up going over and fishing by you and Colton and Blair and whatnot. And uh, all of a sudden, Ramsey's like, hooked up, and, oh, you know, this thing's really peeling drag, you know, holy moly, and, and is like, you know. <laughs> With, with Ramrod, you know, it's like, all right, you know, I take 50% off right now. You know, like, this probably realistically is like, a, you know, 10-inch perch or something like that. And and all of a sudden, because, he pulls this. Be, because, because the night before when we were on Bitter, he hooked into a fish after I had caught that 18-inch walleye. He hooked into one a little bit after that. I don't know if you heard him. And he was saying, Colton, get over here. I got some big on. I need help. You know, he's like, guys, I'm hooked up. Some big. It ended up being a 13 inch walleye. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Just a little backstory for people. Right. So I pick on Ramsey a little so bit. So I am like, I'm 20 yards, you know, 30 yards away from him. And all of a sudden, you know, like I see him pull this fish out and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my, you know, like what in the heck do we got here? And, and then I, I realized like, you know, oh wow, that's that's smallmouth, and I mean this thing, you know, is a big smallmouth. Yeah, and he he dropped it back down there or whatever, and uh, I'm starting to walk back over to my shack. Like I said, I was I don't know thirty forty hell is probably fifty to seventy five yards away. I don't even know, but it, it was longer than twenty or thirty. But anyways, back to that story. 
so I'm walking away again and he yells back, you know, hooked up, hooked up. And, and he caught a freaking dinger this one. I mean, it, it was, it was 19 inches certified 19 inches. Cause I actually measured it. It was not a Ramsey measurement <laughs> where you, you know, you know, you get a 15 inch uh, small mouth and yeah, that's 19. <laughs> that's 19. <laughs> no, but no. So, so that was a heck of a lot of fun, you know, just, just a bonus species that you don't really think about catching and no, that you never and, like specifically target. And, and you caught a nice bluegill yeah yeah that was a surprise dog. after for yeah we went up there and you that during the week you uh, text all of us that were going up there and said hey let's let's make a little gentleman's wager let's go um biggest five bucks per one species. of these categories so five bucks for biggest walleye five bucks for biggest fish five bucks for biggest perch and five bucks for biggest bluegill and we all like all right cool you know and stuff like that and yeah we're going into Sunday, you were leading the biggest walleye and biggest overall fish. Um, I had biggest perch, and nobody had caught a bluegill yet. So it's right. just like somebody's got to catch a bluegill, you know. You know, nobody's caught one yet. And lo and behold, we're fishing, and Colton was fishing by me, and he was using just a tungsten and a waxworm, and he was catching. He caught a nice walleye. He caught some smallmouth. So I had one tied on, and I put it on and dropped it down there with a plastic and. Pretty soon, all of a sudden, bunk, it went. I was like, all right. I set the hook, and I was like, oh, that's pretty decent fish. You know, it's something, you know. Got it up to the bottom of the hole, and I saw it was a big bluegill. And I was just like, oh, I got to get this. I was like, I got to get this thing in. And right. I grabbed that thing, and I just started hooping and hollering. You could probably hear me way over on the other side of the lake. I might have. I, you know, they're... <laughs> Because yeah. they're like, what is it? I'm like, that's a $5 bill. That's what that is. <laughs> that was a nine and a half inch gill. Though, yeah, right? that was a nice gill. Yeah. So, I mean, even if some other people would have gotten into them, I mean, right. you know, you're fairly safe at nine and a yeah. half inches, you know. So, so it was, yeah, overall, it was a, it was awesome. It was, it was an awesome trip. We explored. I mean, it's never a trip without us. If we go down a gravel road in South Dakota that Eric has to Not back, back out with right. the trailer because you never, those South Dakota roads during the winter, you don't know if it's going to be plugged Holy up or not moly. with snow. I mean. Yep. Now, so. I, I I thought long and hard like, man, do we tell people about the cabin or not? Because, you know, part of me, you know, kind of wants to keep it, you know, our, our right. little secret. But, you know, the other part of me is like, you know what, they, they're freaking awesome. I mean, like, I, I was text messaging back and forth with the lady that owned the cabin the whole entire time. And, and you know, they were more than hospitable. And so, yeah, we are going to give them a shout out. If you guys go onto Facebook, it is Paul's Enemy Swim Cabin Rental, I think is what it's called. And, uh, and uh, Kevin Paul, past guest, uh, you know, owner of Clear Lake Bait and Tackle, guide down there at Clear Lake, Iowa. Uh, him and his family, um, you know, I don't know who who it all is. I actually was talking with his mom, but uh, they rent out a cabin up there on Enemy Swim Lake. Uh, cozy little cabin, yeah. you know. It, it slept all six of us perfect. A nice kitchen, you know. Uh, uh, cleaning a cleaning shed outside to clean your fish. Uh, you know, I I don't know. It it really suited us good. It was an awesome location right next to Enemy Swim Lake. You know not far away from you know going to bitter or wabe or whatever right kind of in the heart of it all and, yeah, and all kinds of options yep and and the price was right yeah you, you are not going to find a cheaper place so go on facebook give that a like uh paul's enemy swim cabin rental and uh yeah my big the- question that i want to ask you from the weekend with all that stuff is how many beds were in that cabin two upstairs 
two in the bedroom that uh, me and Eric slept in, one in the bedroom that Blair slept in, and then that pull-out couch. So, Ramsey had a bed the first night, right? Yep. So then why did that dang kid sleep on the couch, the next couch next to my couch that I was sleeping on that second night? He has his own bed. He said something about, wow, yeah, Matt's looking good tonight. Yeah, I was scared. I don't think I slept hardly <laughs> that night. I was laying on my back, of course. I had Eyes wide open. I had a bed, and I ended up sleeping in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were all pretty tired on Saturday night. We all fell asleep on the couches. I woke up at 2.30, and I'm like, where in tarnation am I? And, God, I, so so we had we fried up some fish that night, and... Uh, I, I bring or I brought along a whole bunch of potatoes and some onions and I mean I'll be I'll be honest and come clean here I have never personally cut onions before you know I've always heard you know when you cut onions you cry blah 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 whatever so I'm doing that and and I must have touched that onion I mean obviously I touched the onion with my hand but then I must have wiped my eye or something like that. And I mean, my eyes, I, like I'm feeling like I truly got pepper sprayed. Like I mean, <laughs> you were looking like it on the co- or on that chair over there. I felt there. terrible. So I mean, I literally tried to eat my supper with my eyes closed on that on that chair, and I don't know. I, I know I finished my supper because I've never left anything on a plate ever. And next thing you know, I wake up and it's two thirty. And and everyone just said, yeah, you you know you just kind of sat over there with your eyes closed. <laughs> well, and pretty you soon you pulled your hood over your face and stuff like that. And pretty soon you were just like laying over there. And we're like, is he still alive? It looks like he's still breathing. So I was hurting, man. Like <laughs> we could I, tell I, that I, I I won't ever touch onion again in my life. <laughs> I I have never liked them. I brought them along just to be nice because the weekend before Craig Oiler had fried up some potatoes. I thought they were good. I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to duplicate that and. Oh, man, what a mess. And then, like, Colton's up at midnight. You know, he's still awake. We're all sleeping on the couches and stuff like that. Yeah, well, he didn't like wake up, neither. And he's, and he, right, and he's running around. He's like, oh, I was up. You guys all fell asleep early. And so he was, like, cleaning up some stuff in the kitchen and doing all this stuff. Well, then, he's the last one to wake up the next morning. And then on the ride home, who's the first one to fall asleep? Oh, right away. <laughs> right away. We we had no more than got out of the city of enemy swim city limits and Colton's head is just bobbing and yeah, what a mess. His yeah. his alarm was going off in the morning literally Those for young 15 bucks, minutes. I yep. tell you. Yeah, Ram Ram Colton. Yeah. They'll learn. I had to wake up to T-Pain. Yeah, Ramsey's got <laughs> T-Pain buy you a drink <laughs> or something. I don't like I thought it was a love song. I'm like what kind of what kind of nightmare am I waking up to? Who? He had a, he had a couple moans in the middle. I asked uh, him, "What were you yeah. dreaming about?" Because there's a couple. Uh. <laughs> All right, that's what makes a fishing trip. That was fun. We, we had a great time. We had a good time. Got to fish with got to fish with people that we you know we might fish with every once in a while. But first time Blair and Colton came on a trip with us. We, right. So and I think it's going to be an annual trip. That's why I was I was kind of hesitant to, uh, you know, let out that enemy swim deal, you know. And, you know, maybe in the summertime sometime, you know, we well, can get up there. We're going to have to go up there and target those smallmouths during the summer. You oh, know yeah. that. Or yeah. in the spring or in the fall because they're really big. I've always heard about that. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to conclude episode 58. We will see you next week on 59. Hey, second, one other deal. I don't, I don't even know what all uh, platforms everyone's listening to, but there's a ratings and review deal. 
if you are still listening to us at this point in time, go on there and, and rate us or review us or whatever. It, it, it helps us out because it helps us show up better on search engines when somebody's typing in fishing podcast or whatever. The ones with the most reviews and the best ratings or whatever. I don't even know how any of that works. But if you are listening, drop us a review. Hit the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate that. That'd help us out. Uh, you know, th- the numbers keep getting bigger. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, no, we really appreciate all you guys listening. Do us a favor. Do that. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.